recorded in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3. There we read verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. These are the words, Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. Dear friends in Christ, this week in chapel we are considering as our overall theme, trust in Christ alone and his promises. And our assigned text for today surely fits in with that theme as it is recorded in the book of Proverbs. Again, we focus on these words, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. To trust in someone or something is to, re- to rely on them. It's to believe what someone tells us and expect that they will keep the promises that they make to us. It's to put your full confidence in them. Here the Lord calls upon you to trust in him and to do that with all of your heart. To do something with all of your heart is to be thoroughly committed to doing it. There are certain things that we can do with only about half of our attention or devotion. You might play a game on your phone at the same time you're watching some program on television, and you're able and willing to do that as you try to keep your eyes on both things at the same time. Often, It can go that way because in the big picture, neither that video game or the rerun on TV is all that important or life-changing. Other things, though, demand our full and exclusive attention. You wouldn't want your brain surgeon discussing his upcoming Caribbean vacation at the same time he's trying to operate on you. And you wouldn't want the pilot flying the Boeing 757, attempting to review last Sunday's fantasy football results. At the very same time, he's attempting to land the plane in a thunderstorm. Such half-hearted commitments could get you killed. And when it comes to God, such an attitude is completely unacceptable. He wants and he demands our full-hearted devotion because there is so much at stake for us, the condition and fate of our immortal souls. Scripture gives us some good examples of individuals who trusted in God with all of their hearts. Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament is especially a place where we find some of those believers listed. There we're reminded of some heroes of the faith, such as uh, Abel, a believing righteous person who was murdered by his envious brother Cain. We find Noah, who built an enormous ark many, many miles from the nearest body of water. Abraham, who moved to a country he didn't know anything about, but followed God's leading. 
And his wife, Sarah, who as an elderly woman trusted God and conceived and bore a son, Isaac. The list goes on to speak about Jacob and Enoch and Joseph and Moses and others. The Bible says these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them far off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Life isn't so easy for those who want to trust in God with all of their hearts. Going on again in Hebrews, it speaks of those heroes of the faith. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. But their end was something beautiful. Hear this conclusion to their lives. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Here, as he gives advice to his son, the inspired writer of Proverbs issues a further caution. He says, lean not on your own understanding. To lean on your own understanding means to rely exclusively upon what seems right and proper and true to you, while at the same time you ignore or overlook or perhaps outright cancel what God says to you in his word. That mistake is not so easy for us to avoid because the world values and honors its own wisdom and it is so easily impressed by its own accomplishments and is shaped by its own customs and behavior and not by God's word. In fact, we can become so enchanted with our own wisdom and reason that we turn it into some sort of a god to be worshipped. In the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah pictured such a person who disregards God and relies on a god of his own imagination. He describes someone who takes a piece of wood and carves it into an idol to be worshipped. And then with the other half of the wood, he builds a fire. What's the result? Isaiah says, he feeds on ashes. A deceived heart has turned him aside, and he cannot deliver his soul. Nor can he say, isn't this thing in my right hand a lie? We have to admit that while we want to trust fully and only in God, we don't always do that. Sometimes we hedge our bets. We rely on God to some extent, but also at the same time we trust in some effort or work or merit of our own accomplishing. We confess to being half-hearted then when it comes to our trust in God. What is it, though, that leads us to want to put all of our trust in him, to trust God with all of our hearts and to lean not at all on our own understanding. That's something that we have to admit we can't do on our own with our own strength or our own willpower. We are too easily distracted and deceived by the world 
with all of its bells and whistles and lights and so easily led astray by the sinister suggestions and the temptations of the devil and by our own sinful flesh which is so inclined to follow both the world and Satan. But we find our motivation and our inspiration to trust in God with all of our hearts as we hear the good news of his own and total commitment to each of us and to our eternal well-being. In the closing verses of Proverbs 3, Solomon writes, God gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory. It is God's total commitment and his devotion that prompts him to love us even though we have not and don't deserve his love. It is his grace which leads us to a full-hearted love and trust in him because he is all-knowing, because he is everywhere present. He sees you all the time and he knows everything going on in your life. He thinks about you as his own child. And he wants what is best for you in every instance of your life. Being omnipotent, God also uses his almighty power on your behalf, promising to help you in every time of trouble, sending his angels to protect you from danger, guarding and keeping you from all evil. In fact, so dear, so strong is his commitment to you and your life that he was willing to give up his only begotten son, Jesus, to suffer and to die on a cross in full payment for every one of your sins, every one of my sins. In fact, so strong is his love for each one of us that he was willing to turn away and look away from his son as he suffered and died on the cross for us as our perfect replacement, even for a time forsaking Jesus to the lonely torment of the damned in hell. He is so thoroughly devoted to us that God would actually give us his Holy Spirit to work faith in our hearts as we hear his word. Through the sacrament of, sacrament of holy baptism and in holy communion. So that we're brought to believe in Jesus and keep believing in him. And in the complete salvation he earned for us by his own holy life day after day. And by the ending of his life on Calvary. So thoroughly driven by his love for us, God will one day call us from the dead to rise from our graves just as his dear son Jesus rose from the dead and to join together then with him forever in the pure bliss and peace of heaven. Keeping in mind God's love to us, we want to trust in our Lord with all of our hearts and to lean not on our own understanding until we are safe with him forever in that joy, together in heaven. May he grant that to us all, for Jesus' sake. Amen.